Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 34 of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I'm bringing you seven quick and easy SEO tips that any small business can implement. So why is this important? Well, did you know that 87% of adults in the UK are online every day? Okay, you're going to say, what are the other 13% doing? (laughs) But only about two thirds of adults actually use social media each day. That's quite a gap. And that might surprise you especially if you're a big social media user yourself, like I am. But many of those who are not on social media are big online users. I know quite a few busy professionals who shop online, both services and products, a lot. In fact, I'm married to one. My house is like a post office delivery service with the number of online deliveries that we get. Because... My husband doesn't have the time or inclination to have a mooch around the shops. And there are many others like this, male and female. Groceries, birthday presents, clothes, anything for the house, restaurants, dog walkers even. Everything is found online. And these people tend to have the money to spend. And they're less price sensitive. These are exactly the kind of people many people would love to have as their clients. They're like gold for many businesses. Can you afford to ignore them by just publicising your business on social media and ignoring search engines like Google? Because these people search for the goods and services on Google or other search engines, but to be honest, mainly Google. And therefore, it's worth putting time and effort into getting your business found on search engines. And this process of improving your position on search engines is called search engine optimization, or SEO for short. Now, SEO is a long-term game. It's not going to get you website visitors and clients this week, next week, this month, next month. Although, if you repurpose some of your content from your website, like blogs on social media, then obviously you can get those clients a little bit quicker. And I talked about this in a previous podcast episode, how to repurpose your blog content. But Google and other search engines take a while to find and index your website pages. And they take a lot longer to rank them. But... It's one of the best investments you can make in your business because once you are ranked, it takes a while for Google to change your rankings too. Many people think that you just need to have a website professionally built and you'll rank at the top of page one of Google for all the terms that you want to rank for. And sadly, (laughs) it's not that easy. If it was that easy, then everybody would rank at the top of page one. There are billions of websites and everybody wants to rank at number one. SEO itself is often presented as a dark art. The hacks and the tricks you can do to rank at the top. And indeed, if you go back a few years ago, I think that was probably true. But Google's clever. 
it's removing each of these hacks and tricks with every algorithm update. And it updates its algorithm several times every month. And in fact, those kind of tricks are more likely to get you penalized. Certainly, quite a number of businesses have found recently that they've gone down massively in the rankings. So what does work? Well, the most important thing to remember when it comes to SEO is that Google is a business. And I want you to remember this because it's just like your business. Well, okay, maybe it's a bit bigger, at least for the moment. You'll get there. But it's successful because it gives its customers exactly what they want. You know you can go to it, type in a search term, and the results will give you an answer. If you type in website designer Seven Oaks, you'll get website designers in Seven Oaks, like us, not say personal trainers in Manchester. Because every time Google changes its algorithm, and everybody moans, it's just to get the best set of search results for its customers. And it usually reduces the impact of those sneaky tricks that have been used to artificially promote businesses. So the Google algorithm determines where you rank. And an algorithm is just a fancy term for a formula that takes all the web pages that Google has crawled, that means seen, and when somebody types into a, a search into Google, it's the algorithm which decides which pages should be shown and in what order. The Google algorithm is a secret. Nobody outside of Google knows what it is, and indeed Google changes it regularly. There are allegedly over 200 factors that Google takes into account. So while we don't know the algorithm, we do know some of the factors that Google takes into account. And they're actually pretty obvious when you think that Google is a business that just wants to return the best set of search results for its own customers. So that those customers come back and they can sell them advertising. So those obvious factors are the ones we consider to be the most important. And crucially, everybody, you can improve them. You don't need to hire expensive SEO consultants. And these things aren't just good things to do for SEO purposes. They're good things to do for your website visitors and therefore your business too. So what are they? Okay, seven tips. Number one is to write about what you want to be found for. The best SEO tip I can give you is to write about what you want to be found for. So when Google is looking at how to rank web pages for a particular search term, the first thing it does is to look for relevant web pages. Note it ranks pages, not websites. And just because you want to be found for a particular search term doesn't mean to say you will be. You absolutely have to write about it or Google won't even consider any of the pages on your website. So I mentioned before that we rank, for example, for website designer Seven Oaks. You know, I might quite like to rank for website designer Tunbridge or website designer Kent. Well, if I don't talk about Tunbridge or don't talk about Kent on my website or on any of the web pages, they're not going to rank for those because just because I think that I want to rank for those, Google doesn't know that. And more importantly, Google thinks, well, it's not relevant for 
people who are searching for it if you're not talking about it. Now, I would say, just a, a note of caution, is it's difficult to rank pages for more than one search term, unless they're very closely related phrases. So just aim to rank for one on each page and work to make it rank. Using that example of website designer Seven Oaks, Tunbridge, Kent, I could probably do Seven Oaks and Kent on the same page, but doing Seven Oaks and Tunbridge and say Tunbridge Wells and Bromley and Kent and lots of other things on that same page is very, very difficult. So just don't go there. But this is one reason that I love blogging so much. And I did a podcast episode a while back, uh, Why Blogging is Good for Your Business. It works really well for writing about a single topic and getting that topic to rank. So yeah, blogging's good. <laughs> okay, tip number two, which is related, is tags. Google's not able to read minds, yet anyway. I suspect they're working on it. Google reads words. So you need to make sure you're writing about any phrase and closely related phrases that you want to be found for. So don't try and be clever and use analogies. Actually use the words that you want to be found for. Ideally, and you can go back to existing website pages and blog posts and optimize things for SEO. Ideally, your page URL, that's the website address. So the blog post that goes with this episode, for example, is beyondthekitchentable.co.uk slash SEO for small businesses. That's the URL or website address. And ideally, that page URL will include the word or phrase that you want to rank for, as will your page title. And you should also look to see if you can add it to subtitles. And of course, as I've already said, you should make sure it's in the body of the text. Put it in there several times if you can, but make sure it reads naturally. Keyword stuffing, where you try and get the keyword or phrase in as many times as you can, that will have a negative impact on your ranking. And you can, and indeed should, also make sure that some of the images on the page have the keyword in their file name and they're alt tagged with a keyword or phrase you're looking to rank for. Alt tagging is an accessibility issue. It's a way of showing people who can't see images what that image is about. Now, we did a free SEO checklist for this episode. So if you'd like it, then the link is in the show notes. It's beyondthekitchentable.co.uk slash downloads. Tip number three is to write good copy that people will want to read. I know it sounds obvious, doesn't it? But Google and other search engines look at how long people spend on website pages. I told you they were clever. And it considers the longer somebody spends on a page to be indicative of how good they're finding that content. And of course, Google wants to rank good content. So clickbait headlines are viewed negatively by Google. They're viewed negatively because they frustrate users. And Google doesn't want to frustrate people searching. It doesn't want to give people a list of results and then click on them and then realize it's not what they want and come back and do that two or three times because they're just going to get frustrated with Google and use a different search engine. It wants to give people what they are looking for so they come back and use Google again. So anything you write for SEO must be written for people first. And if you 
don't remember anything else on this episode, please do take that. Anything you write for SEO must be written for people first. So write in a way that people will want to read. Don't just shoehorn keywords in. Anything else, it's just a waste of time because even if people find that page through SEO, they're not going to stay on your website if it's a load of gobbledygook, are they? And they're certainly not going to become clients. Tip number four is to focus on core vitals. So what, what do I mean by core vitals? I'm Hold on a minute, I'm going to come on to that. But the last big Google update emphasised core vitals. So what are core vitals? Well, they are the kind of things that impact the user experience on your website. It's things like making sure that you've got a current SSL certificate. An SSL certificate gives you that little padlock in the website address. Google's less likely to show pages which are considered not secure. So an SSL certificate is a requirement. But pages without SSL certificates are often blocked by browsers anyway. So even without SEO, you lose visitors without one. So this is again an example of something which is good for your website visitors and good for Google, having an SSL certificate. Another one is making sure your website works properly on a mobile. What do I mean by working properly on a mobile? Well, it's not just shrinking what you see on a desktop onto a smaller screen, but it's actually reordering it and stacking it in a way which means it's easy to read on a mobile as well as on a desktop. As more and more people use mobiles when they're searching for things, Google wants to make sure that it's giving results which can be viewed on mobiles. I mean, it's just one of those things which is sensible. Another thing is reducing or removing pop-ups. I mean, we all get frustrated by pop-ups. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone. And Google penalizes pages which use them too. And another one, and I would say this is probably the most important one actually, is to look at the speed of your website pages. And indeed, I did a podcast episode on this three ways to speed up your website, which has got lots of tips on how you can do exactly that, um, including things like reducing the size of image files. And in that podcast episode, I talk about exactly how you can do that and using good website hosting. Tip number five is to add internal links. Internal links are links from one page on your website to another. As well as being used by website visitors, Search engines like Google use links. Now, they use both internal links and links from other websites, which I'm going to come on to. But they use links to find their way around your website. And basically, Google's not going to see a page unless there are links to it. In addition, Google uses links to work out which pages are the most valuable and interesting and which are related to each other. And the more links a page has to it, the more important Google will deem that page. Having internal links between relevant pages is therefore really important in SEO. And of course, it's something you can easily do yourself. Tip number six is to seek backlinks. So in addition to internal links, Google and other search engines also look at links from other websites to your websites. So those links from other websites to your website are called backlinks. 
And when deciding how to rank pages, one of the items that Google considers is the trust or authority of a website. And in deciding how your website might compare to another, it will take into account backlinks. And it doesn't just take into account the number of backlinks, but the quality of the website linking to yours and the kind of backlink too. So I always like to think about this as if you were asking a bunch of friends for restaurant recommendations. And you might ask a dozen friends and you'll find that one restaurant or two restaurants are mentioned a lot. And because they're mentioned so many times, you think they must be good, as opposed to that have been mentioned maybe once or not at all. And maybe, like me, you have one particular friend who really knows the restaurant scene. Every time they've recommended something, it's been amazing. They know the cool places to go. And therefore, you might get added weight to a recommendation from that friend. And that's what Google does. It takes into account the number of backlinks. And it also takes into account the quality of the website that's linking to yours. And it takes into account the kind of backlink as well. Backlinks is quite a complex area, but (laughs) don't worry about that for the moment. One of the quickest and easiest things you can do to improve your authority in the eyes of Google, and therefore your ranking on any topic you write about, is to get good backlinks. And you should never, ever buy backlinks. Spammy backlinks will hurt your rankings. Because remember, it's not just the number of backlinks that's important. It used to be just the number, but one of Google algorithm updates stamped out that bad practice. But it's the number and the quality of the backlinks. So how do you get them? Well, if you belong to a professional organization and you have a directory listing, add your website link to that. Because chances are Google is going going to view that professional organization as a very trusted source. Interviews, podcasts, Guest blogging and responding to press inquiries are other ways of getting backlinks from reputable sources. And let me give you a tip, an extra tip. You can be really sneaky and you can see where competitors, and by competitors I don't just mean maybe other people who you directly compete with, but I mean websites that are ranking higher than yours for the terms that you want to rank for. You can see where they're getting their backlinks from just need to go to a website called rrefs.com or any other. You can just type into Google backlink checker and it will bring others up. Um, I use rfs.com. I will link to it in the show notes. And that will list all of the websites that are giving a backlink to that website. And of course, you can then use this information, seek backlinks from the same sources, if it's appropriate, of course. Tip number seven is to ensure your page descriptions are click-worthy rather than click-baity. Now, technically, it doesn't help your SEO, but let me explain. When you search for something, it's not just the page that comes up in the results, but you get a few lines of text underneath which explain what it is. Those few lines of text are called a meta description. And you can control what's in the meta description. Google might make it up for you if you haven't told it what to put there, but you can control it. If you've got a WordPress website and your theme doesn't automatically give you that option, then you can install a plugin, 
Yoast SEO is probably the most popular and that allows you to do it. And whilst Google ignores it for SEO purposes, where it makes a difference is in the terms, where it makes a difference is in terms of which search result people click on. You want people to click on yours rather than any others on the page. And of course, people look at those few lines when they decide which of the rankings on the first page they're actually going to click on. And search engines don't ignore what people click on. If people are clicking on your result rather than any others, Google's going to notice it and push your result higher. So this is a really good way, once you start ranking, of pushing your result higher. Okay, so they're the seven tips. What next? Well, having used SEO to direct more traffic to your website, you now need to make sure those visitors become clients. After all, there's no point getting traffic just for the sake of it. So I've talked about those seven tips and there are hundreds of things you can do to improve your SEO. I've given you seven. You could spend your entire working week, every single week, working on SEO. Yes, there are people who do this for a living, but you don't do it for a living. Well, not unless you're an SEO specialist listening to this podcast to hear what I'm saying, but it's a balance. You've got lots of things to do in your business. And you can, of course, outsource SEO to a professional, but it tends to be very expensive. And to be honest, for most small businesses, certainly ones that are budget constrained, I would say it's not the best use of cash. If you want to spend your money and buy one of our websites, it's a much better use of your budget. <laughs> but do take some effort. Take the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. And it's not just your position in search that will benefit. All of the actions that I've talked about are good for your customers too. So what are they? Let me just go through those seven again. First of all, is to write about what is relevant. Secondly, is to use tags to show Google what your page is about. So that's heading tags, putting in your page URL, using image tags, etc. Number three, is to write good copy that people will want to read. Number four is to ensure you have an SSL certificate. Your website is set up for mobile. Remove or reduce the use of pop-ups and maximize the speed of your website loading. Number five is to add internal links between your website pages. And number six is to get backlinks from other good websites. And finally, number seven is to add meta descriptions to the pages that you want to rank. There's no point adding them to pages that you don't want to rank, like, I don't know, your website terms and conditions, for example. And of course, when you have done those, you need to make sure your website is set up to convert all those new visitors that you're going to be getting. And if SEO just seems like too much... <laughs> Then a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast episode, nine ways to get traffic to your website without SEO. So make sure you have a listen to that one uh, if this seems like too much. That's it for this week. 
I would, if there's anybody else you can think of who would benefit from this advice, and SEO does say tend to be considered a dark art. So I'm very keen for people to know that there are very easy things that you can do which will improve your search position. So please do share the link to this episode with anybody that you think might benefit from it. And let me know which of those that you're going to do. You can email me on say hello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk or you can message me on Instagram. It's a social media platform that I'm most active on. And the the link for that is uh, at beyondthekt. So that's it for this week. I will see you all next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.